Hello, and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Erin, I have a question for you this week. Oh, great. Got a lot of questions, but why don't you go first? This one's lighthearted, maybe. I don't know. Uh, how are you going to celebrate Mother's Day this year? Well, this is my first Mother's Day as a mother. I am going to a botanic garden with my husband and baby, but next year I've got some big plans and I wanted to see if you would get in on them with me. What are you cooking up, my little witch? So next year we're gonna go door to door to the houses of people who either don't have children or don't want children, but who are of reproductive age. And we're hanging Happy Mother's Day banners outside the doors like it's the Passover, and we're trying to trick the roving armies of Alito's maternal enforcement squadrons to skip them in their annual Why Aren't You a Mother's Day raids. That is such a public service. You know I'm down, and since I'm not of childbearing age, I've got nothing to do. (laughs) Well, and then we're cleaning it up afterwards in case it's something that people don't want outside their homes. They don't want kids. They probably don't want Happy Mother's Day banners. We will show up, hang a banner, Take it down when the squadrons pass. You won't even know we were there. A full-service goodwill operation. And also, next year, I will probably be in need of a day where I'm not just like, you know, mom, 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 you know, being bothered. So that's that's Mother's Day 2023. Join us to get Lido's maternal enforcement squadrons to leave us alone. Count me in. This week, we're joined by Tian Tran and Kieran Deal to tackle the following questions. What the hell is happening at the Supreme Court? Is there a limit in our appetite for scammers and liars as entertainment? And what magical inconsistency has one of us in a tizzy? All this and more right now. Well, Alyssa, at least we didn't get Wednesdayed this week. We didn't get Wednesdayed. Such we a- didn't get Wednesdayed. Um, a hysteria listener on Twitter pointed this out, and it was the first time that I smiled or laughed after news broke that the Supreme Court is about to really uh, stick it to Roe v. Wade. And by stick it to, I mean totally dismantle it. Um, at least it didn't happen on a Wednesday. It didn't happen on a, on a Wednesday. We get to we get to talk about this. Bullshit in all its glory. Yeah. Um, you know, let's first, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about where we're at with it. Um, mm-hmm. I know this is something that we expected to happen, not the leak, but we did expect uh, the Supreme Court to take Roe apart. But it seems like the extent to which Samuel Alito, very emotional man, by the way. Very Andrew, unhinged almost. Like, Deranged, like this is a like, deranged. Should he like, be able to drive a car? I don't know. I mean, his hormones, right, are raging. Male hormones, like I don't know if he should be making financial decisions, let alone decisions like this. Like the dude is is just in Mister Layup punching a wall territory. Except he made the layup. Like he's trying to, yeah, shoot. He's like. Uh, Samuel Alito wrote this draft opinion, which apparently was a draft opinion back in February. It got leaked to two journalists at Politico um, in an unprecedented manner, which if you turn on cable news, people, I find it funny the extent to which cable news pundits overestimate how much American 
regular Americans give a fucking shit about how unprecedented this is. Not to totally. like, you know, not to put down like, you know, Supreme Court reporters because this is a there this is a seismic event in in their lives and in their professions, but like I really think sometimes the people that are talking about the news on cable news need to recalibrate and say, who am I saying this for? And who am I saying this to? And how much airtime am I giving to something that Americans are just sort of like, okay, like, you know, this is a big deal. The funny thing is, is that like, so we were texting about this and here's what I noticed because you know, I'm very thorough is Mm -hmm. that people whose uh, SCOTUS opinions we truly care about led with the opinion and followed with the leak, right? It was just the really tacky, gross, like, political reporters that were like, this leak is unprecedented. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, you're saying that because six months ago you were like, it's not going to get overturned. (laughs) Well, also, like, um, yeah, like, trying to make a story that is about— women's bodily autonomy, the bodily autonomy of anybody with a uterus, anybody who can get pregnant. This is a story about women. This is not a story about reporting. Like, this isn't a a story about journalisming, although it's a great journalism story separately. The A1 above the fold here is the fact that 73 million people in this country who are people with female anatomy, women of reproductive age, are about to have their rights decided they don't, like, take it away from them. After almost 50 years. After almost 50 years, um, Alito's opinion, uh, draft opinion, uh, he's joined by the usual suspects of uh, Thomas, Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh, the non-Fab Five, it, it it not only takes Roe down, it says that there, that abortion doesn't mm-hmm. appear in the Constitution, and so therefore it's not a right guaranteed by the Constitution. But you know what else doesn't appear in the Constitution? What? Lots of things? No, the word kidney. What if I am a match to Samuel Alito's kidneys? Like, there is no—Samuel Alito has no fundamental right to both kidneys. I might have drank enough in the last week— that I might need a new kidney someday. And it might be Samuel Alito's. There is no fun. I mean, I'm being like really over the top here, but like it's, I feel like he was so over a top. We're allowed to answer his over the topness with our own over the topness. Yeah. I mean, the world, the word, does the word child appear in the constitution? I don't think it does. Does the Mm -hmm. word woman, the word woman doesn't appear in the constitution. Um, Essentially Alito argues and, and, you know, we're not lawyers. We're just, people who can read, um, that because the, because abortion doesn't appear in the Constitution, it is not a right that is guaranteed by the Constitution. But there isn't there an amendment that says not every single right that people are entitled to is listed in the Constitution? Yeah, pretty know. clearly. There is. So. Um, right? Yeah. But regardless. Um, Alyssa, why don't you walk me through where you were when you found out about this and what you— th- what your feelings are about this and what is to be done, if anything. Oh, what's to be done? You're adorable. Um, I was, I had just put my phone away. How funny is that? I was like, I'm going to watch some not news, put my jammies on, sat on the sofa, ready to go. Husband comes home from dinner and is like, can you believe this shit? And I was like, what? And he's like, you're so calm. And I was like, uh, what is going on? And then he showed me the article and I mean, look, we've been talking about this for 
almost 200 episodes, Erin, like give or take. This is something we have focused on for, uh, as something that we think is really important that should be talked about. And we've been saying this could happen. We've been talking about all the things. We've talked about trigger laws. We've been talking about things happening in the States and all the legislation that's been moving through. And unfortunately, we weren't just right. Like they didn't, they're not just eroding Wade. They, this is more, I think it's more catastrophic than we even could have truly predicted. Like this seemed like on the spectrum, the most diabolical over the top outcome. And so I think that we were both pretty prepared for things to be eroded, for Roe to be weakened, not utterly dismantled. And, you know, I think that to the last part of your question about what we can do, there's there's not a ton in this moment that can be done. One, the opinion needs to come out. And the minute the opinion comes out, if it's pretty much what it says now, I mean, abortion will be immediately illegal in like 13 states. Um mm-hmm. I think for there's my, 26, 26 states with trigger laws of some kind, yeah. immediately illegal in 13. Correct. And it's effectively illegal in, in places already and for people right. in certain situations already. Like it's, you know, if you're a person who is a, a woman in poverty living in rural Texas, you, you're SOL. And you've been like right. SOL. Um, if you were in I'm, Texas, you were trying to go to Oklahoma, and now you can't go to Colo- Oklahoma anymore. Yep. It's yep, yeah. Colorado is is really yep. overrun. Arkansas, there's just like it's it's really it's already really bad. And you know, one thing that was really disturbing that some legal analysts are pointing out is that this ruling um, really opens the door for other rights to yeah. be taken away, like the right to gay marriage. Um, Alito argues that the Constitution doesn't guarantee a right to privacy, essentially, yep. uh, which would make uh, it legal for states to regulate birth control access. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I, This is all, and you know, if one fucking centrist dipshit speaks up and says that we are being over the top about this, I, um, I don't know. I, I I am pretty I'm I'm already kind of at the, the top level of mad. I can get none more mad. Um so I don't know what I they, they're not to be taken seriously. They're not a serious person. Well, they're not moderate Democrats. No, you cannot. Because even some Republicans have come out to be like, this is crazy. This should not yeah. be overturned. If we can't count on the court, then what's it for? Yeah, SC Cup. SC Cup SC had a Cup. I had a column that was like, this is nuts. Uh, excuse me, guys. Um, can I just point something out real quick, Alyssa? Yes. I'm going to put this out there. Nothing creepier than a pro-life old man. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Nothing if you're creepier. A, and a pro-life old man, it literally doesn't affect you and you should just keep it to yourself. It's, But it's so creepy. It's like, not only were you of the generation where you were like cigars in the waiting room, uh, you know, we, you know, we don't really talk about like women need to hide their periods from us, like female body or anything that women go through reproductively is something that's upsetting and obscene to us. Like that generation trying to force 
women to give birth is is I'm sorry, nothing creepier. And I've I've seen you know our arguments. I've thought this through. A, a pro life old woman less creepy than a pro life less old man. creepy. She at least has a uterus. Yeah, or she's got some sort of like firsthand experience discussing it. She's wrong. She's wrong, and she's she's maybe evil. Um, but but if the not, court would say she has standing. She has standing. Exactly. That's a good way of Thank you so it. much. Um, I I would say a pro-life young man probably has has a lot to learn. And and there's, you know, there's room for him to be like, wow, I am a stupid bitch as he gets older. Um, but a pro-life old man, nothing creepier. Um, I, I I can't emphasize that enough. I also was just thinking. I, you know, there's nothing really to be done. That's the thing. Um, there's a part of me that I don't like to really get in on the speculation of like castle intrigue of who leaked it. Um, but my two favorite theories that I've come up with in my adult brain are who leaked this? Uh, the question that we should ask is who is the craziest person with access to the Supreme Court? Because leaking this was like a crazy move. Right? It's either crazy or heroic. It's It's chaotic. It's chaotic. chaotic. Who is is the most chaotic person with access to the Supreme Court? So my first thought about a chaotic person on the right that has access to the Supreme Court stuff, Jenny Thomas is pure chaos. Um, So that's my, this is based on- Oh my God, Erin, I have to be honest. She had not even crossed my mind. She is the perfect- villain slash egomaniac to be like, this is how we're going to lock this in and leak it. Right. Right. She says frickin' in text messages. She is frickin' chaotic. Could you imagine? People say we say fuck a lot. Give me fuck a hundred times over frickin'. I mean, use the, use the word you mean. Frickin' is, is borderline obscenity to me. I find it, I find it upsetting. (laughs) Um, I want to, I, I also want to say if, if people are listening with kids this week, like we're going to earn the E the yes. for explicit, Please. we're going to earn the E. So like, unless your kids are pretty advanced and you're like, these funny ladies sometimes say the word come, um, <laughs> you should maybe, maybe this would be an episode to, to turn the volume down or listen when you're drinking wine alone in your car. Um, which is something that I did. I drove two blocks away the other day. And I had a can of wine alone in my car. And it's just a and, little effervescent treat to get you through. Yeah. Two blocks. Came home. I was like, okay, ready to <laughs> take on the world. Um, so, uh, so yes, we have Ginny Thomas as, a, as an agent of chaos on the right. I don't know enough about chaotic entities on the left to make a guess. The most chaotic upon chaotic, because it would be an unchaotic choice, which would make it the most chaotic of all, would be if it was John Roberts, because he was maybe trying to convince these people on the conservative side, like, look, you are so out of step with what people think. You sound insane. Look, look it. Just look. You know, it's like the feeling of when you're, have you ever been having a conversation with someone and you're like, you are wrong. And so you like Google the answer. And you're like, haha. I feel like Roberts could have been like, you guys are nuts. Okay, well, let's let's see. Let's see what's right. And let's uh, see what happens. 
Right, exactly. And so he's like doing an investigation, but really he's like, hmm, who could it be? And it was like— He's like, we'll not investigate my—let's not investigate me. How could it be? It's like— it was like John Roberts wearing like a, a mustache and a, and a trench coat <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I don't know who the cha- most chaotic person would be on the left. I mean, Breyer's retiring. They could just be like, bye. And that see could ya. be. But he's such an institutionalist that I can't see him doing that. No, I mean, I feel like it was just a really good hearted, scared intern or clerk. Like someone who, when we find out someday, we're going to be like, oh, this is like how Elizabeth Holmes was taken down by George Schultz's grandson. Like it's going to end up being just this person who we learn about. And we're like, what a brave, I get brave. He's whoever did this is brave, no matter what, because they will get found out. They are chaotic. I say they are chaotic. I say they're chaotic. You know what? You're right. I am removing the word. They are chaotic. They are it's pure chaos. I mean, and it it fits in the theme of 2022. It's just this year is chaos. That's the vibe. We're we're doing we're doing chaos. Um, so the way forward is there's really no way forward. There's a part of me that thinks that all of the protesting um and the talk of a women's strike where we just do the what Iceland did and we take a day where we're like, we're not doing anything. Um I think feel like that feeds this Alito-esque right-wing narrative that they're the ones who are the victims here and that oh, yeah. we're, we've we've triggered the libs. And I feel like it, like a similar type of um, energy in terms of like voter energy. I'm not talking about like vibes. Um, voter energy that, that we saw on the right during the Kavanaugh hearings when people were like, oh yeah, well you hate this. Well, we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to do it even more than we would have done it had you not protested, which I I don't know. I'm like making myself dizzy. Um, do you have any sort of half joking measures for the way forward here, Alyssa? So, you know, Aaron, that I'm like a action-oriented person. I'm a doer. I make a to-do list. I check them off. I get shit done. And I'm like, what can we do here? And I was thinking and thinking, and my husband, who is a flame bomb thrower of sorts, he's just like, we got to burn it down. And so we were talking about it. And here was his idea, which I have taken the liberty of sharing because I've done my own work on it. We need, okay. So I understand. I never want to hear. I really, really, really don't want to hear the word filibuster because filibuster is not going to get us anywhere right now because it's not happening. Okay. Joe Manchin, cinema, it's not happening. So what we need though is for Biden, the administration to go to the FDA. Okay. And what we need is for the FDA to take, you know, I have a hard time saying these two drugs, mifepristone and misoprostol, misoprostol, the two abortion drugs. And they need to be removed from this list. The list is called the REMS list, Risk Evaluation Mitigation Strategy. And it's for, you know, making sure that certain drugs don't get into the wrong hands and that everybody understands how risky they are. Funny thing about this. You know what's on the REMS list, Erin? Opioids, antipsychotics, and these two drugs that are so fucking safe, they have a 0.4% chance of major complications. They are effective 99.6% of the time. During COVID, yes, during COVID, the FDA let them be sent by mail. 
They have to be prescribed by a doctor. You used to have to take the first dose in front of a doctor, but not anymore. So, Aaron, USPS, federal, FDA, federal, they have to figure out a way to get these abortion pills to people easily. There needs to be a clearinghouse. If you can use telemedicine to get a medical marijuana license, it feels like you should be able to come up with a solution that's a workaround to get women these pills. Erin, I know it sounds like I'm putting drugs in the mail, blah, 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 but people can figure this out. We have come a long way. Telemedicine, these drugs are fucking safe. They're so fucking safe. And we have the postal service. Let's get it going. Hmm. That's an interesting temporary solution for sure. Also, Um, I just need to add one last thing. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology has been trying to get these off the REMS list for years. Because they say they're sick. Like I've said, I have taken the abortion pill before. I had an abortion with with medicinal. Well, I I did it that way. Uh, That does not get you high in any way. It's not going to get addicted. It's not no, going to addicted. It's not like a fun drug. It's not like, woo. Not going to overdose gonna, with two pills. Right. It's not like, woo, going to do some online shopping now that I've taken my mifeprestone. I'm like, <laughs> it's it's like, a, it's a just, it's, it's a drug that has a job and it does the job and there's no like risk of abusing it. it. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's super interesting. And I think Thank that just you so much. it off the list. I just wish Democrats would fucking wield power. That's my wish. They have the legislative branch. They have the executive branch. And I get that it is not Democrats' fault that Republicans are certifiable religious zealots at this point. Like, actually back out of an elevator, I'll wait for the next one crazy. Like, they are out of step with mainstream Americans to an extent that they should not be governing us. Something like 70% of people don't think Roe should be overturned. And something that really, that really upset me about the pieces of Alito's draft opinion that I read was the part where he, well, all the parts, because he's clearly a fucking raging misogynist with issues uh, with, with women um, who probably thinks the clitoris is a myth, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, he he said that women have considerable uh, electoral power, that women have the ability, we can just vote. We can just vote. But you know what? We have 100% of the uteruses and 50% of the vote. So how is that fucking fair? Like, how is that a remedy for the fact that bodily autonomy is not guaranteed by the Constitution for only 50% of the population. And the remedy is that 50% of the population can go out and vote with the other 50% of the population on whether or not we have control over what happens inside of our own bodies. Like, that is that is like absurdly stupid. We haven't really gotten into how stupid that is. It's like stupid. if I... It's like if I lived uh, next door to somebody and I was like, I want to burn your house down. And they were like, no, it's my house. And I was like, I don't like your house. I want to burn it down. The people across the street agree with me. We should burn your house down. You can vote. 
You can participate in a vote about whether or not your house should be burned down. It's still their fucking house. It's still my fucking body. Why do I have to split the vote on my fucking body? Like, oh, here's an, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I started off in a state of calm. I did some breathing exercises and I've left that state behind. Listen. Um, Okay. So here's another thing. Childbirth is not nothing. Childbirth is something that everyone just conveniently skips over in this conversation. It is pregnancy. It is, oh, here's the baby. Oh, you can put it up for adoption. Just like Amy Coney Barrett says, you can drop it off at a fire department and you won't get, you won't get arrested. believe he talked about safe havens. Like, what are you, who the fuck are you? You should have the baby and then you should just give it up. Yes. Okay. So easy. But guess what? Having a child, even if everything goes right, is a medically traumatic thing. It is a medically traumatic thing. It is dangerous. It hurts. It's expensive. I don't understand. You know, are we kidding? Are we not kidding? This is like maybe a new— That's for someone else to figure out. We're just saying our feelings and ideas. We're just saying our ideas. Here's my idea. Let's yes. show up to pro- let's show up to protest with pictures of childbirth. Let's show up to protest with pictures of fistulas. Let's show they're showing up to protest with misleading photos of what they're saying are dismembered babies, but that are actually sometimes medical waste from birth defects or procedures that have nothing to do with an elective abortion. Like a six-week-old fetus looks like a goddamn tadpole. Like, and it is so small that you can't, it's not sitting there, you know, sucking its thumb. (laughs) It is a little alien tadpole that contains the possibility in many cases to become a full living person, but that the body one third to one fourth of the time decides won't become a person at all and turns into a miscarriage. So like, oh, we need to show and put forward into the forefront here the reality of what these laws are forcing women to do. And that is give birth. That is give birth. Giving birth sucks. It's hard. Even though I wanted and want and love my child and might do it again because hormones make you forget. Um, (laughs) It sucked. It was the worst pain of my life. I cannot imagine doing that to somebody who does not want to give birth. Like it, it is what why why have we been okay with the the discussion of roe skipping over the birth part the birth part is the part that fucking hurts and like if and and Alyssa you've been there you've been my friend you're an aunt you're close with a lot of people with kids you have been there alongside people and you don't get the rush of hormones to forget how uncomfortable people are in late no. pregnancy you remember you remember I remember I, like you I do remember, you you know how much, how uncomfortable people Listen, look. do you know how many stories I've heard about a ripped perineum? It's like, and I that's can't not, imagine. And, and that's not strange. Like, that is not No, weird. it's common. You know, why aren't we carrying signs with, like, close-up photos of a second and third degree tear? You want to get into what the law does? This is what the law will do if people who are forced to give birth— I went in knowing what I was going to get into, afraid anyway. 
every single person I know who's given birth has wanted to and been afraid. And then afterwards been like, I was afraid. And some of those fears bore out. And I'm not trying to scare anybody from giving birth because it was like a crazy experience. And I'm not going to say that birth is, is universally horrible because on the other end of it, if it is a wanted thing, what you have is a baby. But if it is an unwanted thing, I can think of nothing more barbaric to force somebody. It's, it's, uh, it's like war crime level barbaric to force somebody to give birth. Uh, And, and we have skipped over that. I, I'm like, I am furious (laughs) and, and like, and I'm not furious because it's like, I want, I might want my abortion. Um, I know that I will be able to have an abortion if for whatever reason, when my family is complete, I become pregnant again, or if something happens where God forbid there is a birth defect or I won't be able to to provide it a life for a child, or it would be more cruel to carry it to turn. Like there are so many reasons why a person like me, like married in a stable situation would want to access abortion and would be able to, but like, and to that point here, I am someone cannot biologically have kids could never need an abortion because I don't think I could have ever gotten pregnant or never did, right? And haven't and not going to. And you know what, Erin? It doesn't matter because I'm still a fucking human being who has lived her whole life thinking that I had a choice in the matter. And I can't imagine. And the truth is, as we have said a million times over, regardless of Roe, if we ever needed an abortion, we could figure out how to get one. It's bottom line. And so Mm -hmm. what they have done is just, uh, it is the word, the the two words of the day, Aaron, are chaos and barbaric. Those are the two things. This has created chaos in a country and it is barbaric chaos because there are a lot of women who right now, today, don't understand, like, is this happening? Is this not? People are fucking busy. They don't have time to Mm -hmm. sit around and watch CNN and MSNBC and parse, like, what does this memo mean? Is it still legal? Is it not? Like, what's happening? And Mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's it's chaos and it's barbaric. All those two things. Mm -hmm. Your words are perfect. You are a wordsmith today. (laughs) Am I? Am I, though? Mm -hmm. Um, And here's another thing. You're my wordsmith. Very kind. It's, it's, um, very kind. Uh, how early is too early to start drinking? It's 9.36 in the morning. I'm not going to, I'm not. Listen, it's 12.36 here, so, and we're on the same call doing the same job, so I'm just saying. I'm, I'm having, I'm having coffee. I'm having tea. That's fully a joke, but I, I'm just, I feel so, like, hopeless and upset that I feel like I just need to, like, step outside of my body, and I'm currently breastfeeding, so I can't have pot, so... Uh, Do you know what I did yesterday as my self-care? What? I took edibles and went to go see Oh God, an abortion at the Cherry Lane Theater. (laughs) How was that? Was it good? It was sold the fuck out. Standing ovation for Allison at the end. It was an emotional roller coaster. We laughed as an audience. We cried as an audience. It was, I can't think of anything more perfect, um, Mm -hmm. weirdly. And she's a genius and people should go see it. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be close to New York right now and be able to get tickets to Allison Libby's Oh God, a show about abortion, definitely do. Um, I've been thinking a lot about a different, like a one-woman play. I saw What the Constitution Means to Me. Oh. Um, right before lockdown. Yeah, I was uh, there in, in LA. They were doing a, a, a version of it and I was on a panel afterwards um, oh. with some constitutional scholars. And I was like, yep, 
here I am. You're like, let me tell you what I think. It's incredible. It's an incredible play about um, a a lot of things that were awful about Alito's opinion and his clear views on who is a citizen, who the Constitution is for and who it's not for, um, who matters and who doesn't. It's so it's it's so perfect for the the time we're living in now. Um, and I I don't know where you can even watch it at this point, but it's it's incredible. Um I wanted to, I guess we should probably close. I, I, I'm sorry that we can't really say anything to make anybody feel better. We um, haven't come with the tools today, but we've come with our thoughts and feelings. No, I do have a final thought, and this is where we're really going to earn the E. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, this has been a, a, something that people have talked about, but like, you know, what causes abortion is unwanted pregnancy. You know what mm-hmm. causes unwanted pregnancy is coming. Male com- oh. male coming. So men, if you don't want a woman to have an abortion, simply do not come as Kamala Harris. <laughs> do not come. Do not come. Do- like that is okay. But I need to highlight the Kamala Harris joke just for everyone in case they it flew past them. Do not come. Uh, and another thing that I wanted to say before we leave, I know we have we have male <laughs> listeners. Alyssa's snorting. Alyssa's I have, like, was really crossed, I have crossed the threshold, guys. I've lost my shit. My shit has been lost. Um, oh. fin- final thing that that I really wanted to bring up, and 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 it's a. Am I kidding? Am I not kidding? I'm only half kidding. If you're a man and you listen to the show, we know we have male listeners, and they are like. Of a different caliber. Um, Agree. If you're a man and you listen to the show and you're a man who is in a, re- a relationship with a woman, you have sex with women, uh, you're in a, or maybe you're married to a woman, and your family is complete, I think it would be a real incredible Mother's Day gift to offer to have a vasectomy. Snip, snip. You're, exactly. Because your, your, your partner has already physically sacrificed to bring you your family. And um, I'm sure, you know, that's just the way that biology is. But it, it's like kind of a cool counter gesture for a man uh, to to do that for his female partner. You know what? Instead of with Hallmark, say it with scissors. Say it with scissors, guys. So, Alyssa, a lot of people getting in touch with me, I'm sure getting in touch with you. Yep. What is What is to be done, you know? So I feel like right now, for me, it's just I'm given money. I'm giving money. I'm giving money to the people who are doing the work and getting people the abortions. That's what I'm you doing. You know what? I've been thinking a lot about, I mean, macro-wise, like on a large scale, macro. there isn't a ton to be done, right? Like we can't change right. what the Correct. Supreme Court is going to do. We can't change that the House of Representatives has been gerrymandered all to fuck. We can't change the fact that most state houses have been fallen prey to the most wackadoodle of people. We can't change any of that right now. But what we can do is help individuals on the ground who are helping women and pregnant people who do not want to be pregnant access abortion care from now until if and when the Supreme Court makes it uh, possible for states to make it illegal. So that URL is uh, votesave.us slash fund abortions now. That is votesave.us slash fund abortions now. 
we can matter to individuals now. We can help individuals. And that is like a life-changing type of help that we can give to individuals, even if we can't fix or unfuck that which has been fucked on a massive scale. We can matter to individuals right now. Yes, that's a great way to put it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're joined by a couple more people. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Supreme Court because I know it's on their mind too. But then we're going to transition into our bigger topic this week. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) Five stars. No comment. 100% great. That's the type. That's my favorite sport. The new, the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging, which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. I love these leggings. They are, because you know, like not everybody's the same, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I, size up a little bit, but then it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just, just pull that drawstring and I don't show, I don't show any crack when I bend over. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud. Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to fiori.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And welcome back. Alyssa, when's the last time you felt scammed? Yeah. Um, scammed. When's the last time I felt scammed? Like you were like, I fell for this. I feel like you, I don't, I feel like you don't get scammed that often. Um, here's the thing. I almost get scammed often. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then I'm like, what is this link someone sent me? Um, and then I'm like, I always stop dropping Google and I'm like, let's check this out a little bit. So I can't say I had a bad, I had a very bad scam once uh, when I was leaving Washington, D.C. and moving to New York. Well, Aaron, Craigslist turns out can be too good to be true. And mm-hmm. I sent 
a very unkind man a lot of money to rent his apartment, which he did not own, which I found out when I got on Zillow. <laughs> Thank God for American Express because I got the money back. That is, uh, that's good. And also a common scam. Like you can, you can live here. Just kidding. I don't have the uh, ability to rent this place to you, but thank you for the money. Um, you know, I was thinking about scammers this week as I was watching, um, I was watching a documentary about a pilot that faked his death. And I was sort of like, kind of bored by it. And I was like, oh, scamming is like, um, we've we've almost reached the twilight of the scammer because now if I meet somebody and they're like, yeah, here's a crazy thing that happened to me. I'm like, did it though? Did it though? <laughs> like, because like there are so many stories of scams and, and, you know, I think at the heart, we just got done talking about Roe v. Wade falling and, and, and like, I think one way that this sort of fits into what's going on in the news this week is like, Lisa Murkowski is like, dang, I got scammed. Because she got in these, scammed. In these people's confirmation hearings, they were all like, yeah, Rose totally law of the land and we won't overturn it. It is settled law. Um, and and uh, Susan Collins is like, God, nuts. I'm going to go in my frowning chamber. I got scammed. Um, I think she got scammed harder than Murkowski. I think Susan Collins just has a per- perpetual, like, resting scam me face. Like, I can be lied to. She's the one who has to go around now and be like, he told me. He told yeah. me. Oh, my goodness. These people who lie professionally and would and could face no consequences whatsoever by lying in this context may have lied to me as a means to an end. That's unheard of. I don't know what's what's in the water in Maine. Anyway, let's bring in uh, our two other panelists to talk about scamming writ large this week. First off, she is she's the star. She would not say she's the star, but I think she's this. Alyssa and I agree that she's the star. She's the star. You're the star. She's the star of How I Met Your Father and an aspiring real estate agent at the Oppenheim Group? This is what? what you know. <laughs> this is now <laughs> happening. <laughs> Tian, Tian Tran, hello. <laughs> oh, my God. That would, uh, first of all, thank you for saying that. Most, I, I'm really excited to be a new real estate agent at the Oppenheim Group. Um, my desk is in the back, which I'm Ooh, pretty pissed about. That's um, where all the new girls go. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I was. Is that selling sunset? Yes. It is selling sunset. I'm kind I'm kind of obsessed with it right now. Shout out to our producer Caroline for that perfect intro. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I, was, I was like Oppenheim. My first thought was Oppenheimer, as in like the H bomb. And yeah. I was like, why would she be oh. like why would no? I'm my brain is I'm broken brained. Um why is everyone obsessed with selling sunset? Why explain it to me? I didn't understand it at first, and then I binged like the first three seasons like several years too late. And I, I, I edit. There is something about watching these women like in incredible clothing and high heels, like open very large doors to beautiful homes. I, I think it's like, it's it's the drama of it is exciting. I like to see them succeed. This season, I feel like everyone's gone to therapy and is trying to like use those new skills that they've learned in therapy to confront each other <laughs> to varying degrees of success. And that has been very exciting to watch to me. Like for example, <laughs> Heather is great, but Mary... 
Maybe doesn't have soft skills. To Mary does not have soft skills. <laughs> she is a t- like. All I have to say is I would summarize selling sunset, which is the theme of today's episode, as both chaotic and barbaric. <laughs> yeah, ca- yes. chaos and barbarism. <laughs> I don't disagree with that at all. Um, chaos and barbarism. That is, a, I, you said they're using their therapy skills, and I'm thinking. They're using a lot of I statements. This breakfast nook makes me feel very <laughs> happy about the, the listing price. But the way they're using their I statements is like, I think you are a liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's like half of what therapy, te- you know, it's just like letting feelings, identifying the feeling, feeling the feeling. And then moving on. And communicating communicating the feeling. feeling, But understanding that it's just a feeling. Um, Okay. Kieran. Kieran (laughs) Deal is an actor and a comedian. And she's a director. And she finally received her jam in the mail. Did she receive her jam in the mail? Yes. I've got my jam right here. I've got my jam right here. You know, I just opened it. I just opened it because I thought it might be nice to do a live tasting. On um on our on you know right here so that then we could see I realized I don't even know what you're supposed to have jam with like what are we what are you are you also barbaric like I mean what is it like a scone situation like what are we talking about we're talking put it on everything it's like a saltine a blintz a toast jam on toast I've been putting my jam on on a lot of muffins yeah muffins Muffins. English muffins Uh, a tea with jam and bread there's literally a song about it. Uh, <laughs> I have guys. I have no. There's no food in this house other than this jam. Well, you could just eat it off a spoon. Like, okay, uh, I got that. I got that. Put it in in Greek yogurt or cottage cheese. The chaotic choice would be noodles. Put jam mm. on some noodles. That's chaotic, but potentially that delicious is. and barbaric. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you tasting it, Karen? Oh, Karen's <laughs> opening it. She to. will report back. Look, yeah. I, I seal that like a bitch, okay? It's going to take a little elbow grease yeah. to get in there. It's incredibly well sealed. Oh, oh sealed. she did it. Oh, it's, it smells amazing. Wow. It smells very good. Wait, you, gotta have, you have to tell us which one you got. Oh, okay. This is ruby red grapefruit, uh, sugar, and lemon. Ooh, <gasps> that would be a is... marmalade, you British person. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Kieran's British. How does she not know her marmalades? I mean, please. It's very tasty. It tastes very fresh. It's not, I didn't, I thought it was going to be exceptionally sweet, but it's not. It's got a light sweetness. There's a citrus mm-hmm. finish to it. This is like, because it's grapefruit. Mm-hmm. This tastes like a, oh my gosh. This does taste like a marmalade, um, but like a less like sweet, more fruit forward, fresh. Marmalade. Thank you so much. That is delicious. Three bears, 10 out of 10, worth the wait. Guys, get your oh small gosh. batch jam that's not available for consumption and we'll take <laughs> a lot of haranguing on a podcast to get oh delivered God. to you directly. Um, Kieran, you've got a you've got a future as like a jam somewhere. Yes, yeah, so I know who's doing my ads. Yeah, that was beautifully that so was much. Beautifully, that was beautifully done. stated. She can talk food. Done. She can talk food. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to open up our conversation about scammers today. Um, I know that we weren't going to talk about Roe Ro v. Wade and, and all that stuff, but I wanted to give you two the space to, uh, to weigh in on, on what your thoughts are about that. And if there's any remedy to the big scam of, uh, 
are, are women's rights a scam? That's 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 my question. What, have we been scammed into thinking that we have bodily autonomy? Do you feel scammed? I mean, the idea that anyone's rights outside of like cis white men's rights are protected is feels like a scam. So like I think that was the biggest takeaway from seeing that decision or that leak is that the fact that we even have to continue to fight against this, like, the Constitution to ensure that people have rights is already fucked up. Like, that we're part of a system that, like, you literally have to fight for everything for your rights. I, yeah, we're, we're being scammed. Like, I think the Supreme Court is a scam. That we have nine people that are appointed for the rest of their lives to decide on a whim whether or not people get to live safely in on, under in this country with full equality is is a, is a scam to me. Um, and so I, I was very upset, as we all were. But I think the thing that has been the most, I think, hopeful is realizing that there have been people that have been doing this work locally grassroots for fighting for reproductive justice and to kind of direct that energy towards those people um because i i am feeling very uh pessimistic about elected officials at this time um and it's hard to see another way to like vote ourselves out of something like this when it can so quickly be taken away from us mm-hmm. How about how about you, Kieran? What do you think? Is this a scam? is all of this a scam? Um, I just like if like it's <laughs> I just felt a little bit like if two of the people on the Supreme Court have been accused of harassment and it's the highest court in the land, it's it's like not, it's surprising to me that it's taken this long. Like, what did we think was going to happen? A little bit. Like, I don't mean to be calamitous, but it's like we haven't exactly picked the best people for the job, you know, and it's, it has been in the cards for a long time. I think that was what was so crazy about like Elizabeth Warren. She was like, I mean, they've been planning this. They've been planning this is what she kept saying on her, on the video that Alyssa uh, shared. And that is, that is very much what it feels like, but it is, stra- it's, it's, it's very surreal. It's very surreal that it, it, it's, um, it's happening and that it happened like on the eve of when the Met Gala was happening. It just feels like we're, we're just in at like this society of like massive extremes, right? Where it's, where it's this like fun, beautiful, like famous glitter, whatever, like juxtaposed with like the leak of a document that is, uh, going to curtail rights. Um, in 2022, that's just, it's, I think it feels surreal to me. It, it, it still feels surreal. Yeah. I mean, the Met Gala of it all, gosh, that's such a good point. Like it totally, we didn't even talk about that. I hate the Met Gala. I have, I'm, I am on the record for hating the Met Gala for a very long time. I find it to be just like this really like gross expression of, uh, the creative outlets available to only the elite like this celebration of mega wealth in a in a country of increasing mm-hmm. inequality um and uh also you know in a, to an extent you know you have all the the kardashians there and they've sort of made their entire living by being scammy 
Like, this is how we really look. This is how, this is accessible to you if you only buy our shapewear. This is how your face, you know, this, this is, this is a lifestyle that is aspirational that like an average person can buy when really it's like not true at all. And then like, this is how, um, this is how people look when they go out in the world. It's not that we have a whole team of people making us look this way. It's like, I don't know, the scam of celebrity, um, celebrated by the sort of scam of the like ultra wealthy liberal, like uh, Anna Wintour. I find her to be gross. I find the the entire world of like Vogue magazine to be gross. Um, it's a scam. It's a scam. Uh, and you're right, Karen, that seeing it up against the news breaking. Uh, and by the way, kudos to Politico for timing that. That was a that was a good time for that story to drop because um, it really stole the thunder of the Met Gala in a way that not even like COVID could. It all felt like very much like the the clothes fell off the emperor. We all just were like, fuck this at the same time. Um, Alyssa, I want to I want to go to you. Do you think we're living in the time of like the twilight of the scammer? So much entertainment is around scamming. Um, do you think that we have an unending like appetite for it? Or do you think we're getting toward the end of our tolerance for it? I feel like we're at the end of our tolerance for the scammers because I feel like, I mean, if we're just going by decade, I feel like the eighties were very scam tolerant. You know what I mean? Like the Ponzi stuff started and all that kind of stuff. And then the nineties were just also scam tolerant, but like now here we are and it's like the scams have come home to roost. You know, people are like, broke. They've been cheated. They are tired of being tricked because now because of social media, we can more quickly become acquainted with how we have been tricked. And so like for me watching that Tinder swindler shit, I was like, why am I fucking watching this asshole? And how is he not in jail? And why does he have an agent in Hollywood? So I have no tolerance for the scam. The scams need to end and the sort of like Life like night the nineties and two thousands were like the lifetime movie was like made about all the scams and you're like they're like trying to educate women like avoid the scammer but then also like entertainment I don't think scams are entertaining anymore that's mm-hmm. where I'm at uh, Tian as Elizabeth Holmes's number one fan yes what do you make <laughs> do you believe that we have uh, reached the end of the scammer like or because we've talked about scammers on the show before. And it was sort. We were sort of like on the way up of this latest like bump in interest in scamming. Um, do, has your attitude towards scammers changed? I, I I am still very intrigued by them. I'll read every scammer story. That comes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm not. I'm not only scam tolerant. I'm scam accepting. Um, scam positive. Scam positive. She's scam positive. I'm scam positive. Scam okay? positive. I'm incredibly scam positive. Um, I still. I, I still find those stories to be very like. I think we're gonna still keep getting them because, like you said, Karen, like the extremes of inequality and like seeing the Met Gala and wealth and where we are, like just the extremes of like extreme inequality. I think we're in we're going to see more scams because we're at a place where like 
the American dream is a scam, but people are going to still keep peddling it. Like, like you can continue to try and make money and, and build from the ground up, like as long as you have like bootstrap mentality. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep being scam positive in terms of just reading the stories, never supporting, you know, this, I should have worn my, man, what a missed opportunity. I should have, I wasn't even thinking. (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> oh I didn't goodness. know they made Elizabeth Holmes t-shirts. I love Gear. the way you're in your closet, so you just have that available. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe I didn't even think to wear it. Wait, did you get that at the Illinois State no, Fair? I got this on an Etsy store. Tian, describe what you're holding up. I am wearing, as Elizabeth Holmes's number one fan, and we're called homies, by the way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> it makes so much sense. <laughs> I'm not, I need to, I would like to be on record saying that I am not her number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's like you're, it's like you're ironically her number, you, like you love yeah. how, how ridiculous she is, sort of. Yes, I love how ridiculous she is. There's so much evidence to the contrary though, Tian. <laughs> No, you're right. I, I won't show you the tattoo that I have of her name <laughs> on my body. Um, but it's a T-shirt, a little collage of her, um, two pictures of her headshot, one very close, quite scary, the other one a little more um, CEO-like. And it says Elizabeth Holmes. And at the top, it says disgraced founder of Theranos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that reminds me of the Carmela Soprano T-shirt I kept seeing in the wild last summer and being like, do I need that? (laughs) And I, and I did need it, but I didn't get it. Um, so that's what happened. But yeah, um, thing about scamming, uh, and Kieran, I would love to hear you talk about this is like, it's become, it's, I've seen it displace true crime a little bit in entertainment. Like we're running out of, we're running out of serial killers. Like they took the lead out of the gasoline the serial killing went down significantly. Now we're like uh, the the best we have for true crime is is scammers. Uh, who, Kieran? Who's your favorite like scammer currently being uh, fixated on in pop culture? Do you have a favorite scammer? Per Tien, my favorite scammer is the Supreme Court. Uh, <laughs> 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 I love the way she said, "I'm scam positive." You're like the Supreme Court is a scam, and then you're like, "But I am scam positive." <laughs> <laughs> well, see, like a scammer, it's like a scammer is I'm scam positive if the person being if like the end result of the scam isn't like mass harm. You I know? was going to say punching. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's kind of like the punching up, punching down thing. It's like, who are you scamming is the question. So I thought that Anna Delvey story, I remember reading that and thinking it was absolutely fascinating. Like her, like the aspirational level of like, she did harm some people who didn't have a lot of money, but but I think in her mind, she was like, I'm going to pay them back. And really, it was about hobnobbing with people who were trust fund babies, you know, and kind of weaseling her way into this community of people with ultra wealth that um, I thought was was pretty elegantly executed on her part, um, at least in the article. I'm not watching the show. So it's like there's something kind of impre- – there was something very impressive about that, like her – level of fake it till you make it, you know? Um, Because how much of the wealth of like 18 to 20 year olds who have like, you know, big 
thick cotters is is earned, right? It's like, right. is that earned money anyway? You know, like if, if we're looking at wealth disparity, is that a scam anyway? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like the, uh, I, I've said this before, but the estate tax should be 100%. 100%. <laughs> There are. Um, you don't think that generational wealth should be able to be passed down at all? No, I don't. There, uh, yeah. I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book about anthropology right now, and uh, I'm I'm in a chapter about a uh, uh, indigenous tribe in California, in uh, Northern California, down that uh, when a person died, they burned all of their possessions, and there was no passing of wealth. And I was like, that's very intriguing. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into that. Like the, the, what they own becomes, Alyssa's shaking her head. No, 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 I'm, no. I'm um, wealth positive. No, I'm just kidding. just kidding. It's just, and it's also like that. I, I, I understand where that, that thinking comes from. I also just like the funny thing about America is like, you wouldn't get like, 85% of people would benefit from a, a like a system like that but like that 85% would never agree to that. They're like I but I got to give my Toyota Corolla to my child, you know? Right. It's like it's it's like the you, it's it's just It's a scam. It's, it's a, scam. a scam. It's a scam. It's the idea that like protect you got to protect the 1% for when I'm a millionaire or for when I yeah. have tens of millions of dollars. Like I don't want to have to pay taxes. I want to, you know, like it's like that. Right, right. I, you know, I think that you bring up an interesting point, like the Anna Delvey story, sort of, and the outrage and the Tinder swindler thing too. It sort of exposes um, the fact that when you really try to parse, why is the wealth of these people legitimate, but the but the wealth of this person not legitimate? And then you just have to start like defining and parsing things, like, well, this is a scam because X, Y, Z, and then you realize you're just sort of like. But this isn't a scam because of ABC and you realize you're just kind of splitting hairs, you know? Yeah, it's all a scam, you know? The idea that, like, someone is born into, like, the wealth of a very, very wealthy parent and has done absolutely nothing. So they get to sit and have, like, you know, whatever, five to $700 meals at Soho House. And then Anna Delvey is trying to weasel her way in there. How is she any worse? (laughs) Just because she wasn't born to the right parents? Like, how is she? How is she worse? Mm-hmm. Kieran, yeah. why are you look so poor? <laughs> Listen, that is good. <laughs> because I am. Thank because you. I you guys, am. Dressing I, for I, the part, I am. Okay? That That's the reason. That was stuck in my throat for the last five minutes. <laughs> look so poor. Uh, Alyssa, Alyssa, what's the difference between a scammer and a liar? And second part of this, who is the most audacious liar that you've ever been around. Alyssa worked in politics. This I would know. Be good. Okay. I know. No, no, but pol- but politicians, they're not audacious liars. They're clumsy liars for the most part. Um, okay, wait. So, okay, the difference between a scammer and a liar is that a liar can lie about things but isn't necessarily trying to scam mm. you. The scammer has component parts, you know, that make up the scammer, a certain level of confidence, which I think is found in the Anna Delvey story. Like she just fucking knew she could do it. Like, and that's why in a weird way, I do put Anna Delvey in like a sort of slightly different category because she was scamming. But like Elizabeth Holmes was lying and scamming and her scam was full of lies, right? Because like Mm -hmm. she knew the product didn't work. And she kept taking money 
And like everything, they they were lying about everything. Like everything mm-hmm. was a lie. So like, which is worse? You think that's worse? That's worse. Okay, I think that's Agreed. worse. I think Agreed. that's worse because because also it's like that huge scam and house of lies was like affecting so many people. Like there were yeah. medical decisions. Like that's the thing that is so incredible about that story. Which I mean, Amanda Seyfried, God bless, deserves all the awards Ugh. because. I mean, just the scene where she's dancing as Elizabeth Holmes. It's like, look, she understood, as Naomi Ekparrigan would say, that she was a white woman, not a white woman, a white woman. (laughs) And she danced as such. Um, But the biggest scammer I've ever been around, really, I mean, I try to, I'm not really around scammers. I've been around some liars, like people who just like lie, Mm -hmm. usually to make you feel worse about something. Mm -hmm. And, but I haven't been around that many people, unless I'm being scammed by someone so good, I just don't know it yet. In which case I will mea culpa when I find out. But like, I don't think I've been around too many scammers. I've been around people, because a scam, I think someone's trying to get something from you. I think I've been around more liars, like pathological liars, don't get me wrong, but liars. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the scam is for profit and the lie is for attention. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. That is, that's yes, that pro- is. profound. Yeah. God, you're fucking Yoda today, Aaron. You are Yoda. The scam is yeah. for profit. Is and the lie is for attention. Is for attention. Mm-hmm. But like, the lie but the, can yes. supplement the profit of yes. the yes. scam. You All get, feeds exactly. in wow. to the ultimate pyramid. Right. And I think the scam also, I think power is a form of profit too. And attention is a form of, like, I think lie and scam intersect with power because attention can get you power and money can get you power. So if you lie and scam at the same time, you get power. I need you to make one of those quadrants. Um, <laughs> and, and then I, a, a little, a little high, the low, high low. And I need you to have some little faces where every, like, where does Elizabeth Holmes lie in the quadrant and where oh. does Anna Delvey and the guy from man, yeah, a Jahari's <laughs> window, if you will, <sighs> is crooked social going to make me do this. And <laughs> sorry for the perfect pitch. <laughs> uh, it is a great, it is a great pitch. Um, well, I think that like, that's. I'm I'm thinking a lot about a story that that I that's been on my mind since I read it this week, and that is about Elizabeth Finch, who is a writer for Grey's Anatomy, who had been working for Grey's Anatomy for like ten years, um, who appears to be one of the most audacious liars I've ever heard of. Like we've all heard of people who fake having cancer for attention. Um, or who fake having illnesses for attention, but this Elizabeth Finch character, it's, we'll, we'll link it in show notes. It was this two-part Vanity Fair story, and at first I was like, two parts, come on, you need the two parts. It is, a, there's a lot. Um, she's a, She essentially lied about having cancer for 10 years, lied about her friend being killed at the Pittsburgh uh, synagogue <sighs> shooting. She, like, uh, like, lied like very graphically about it, lied about having PTSD as a result of it. And then when she went to therapy for PTSD, which she didn't need, she lied. Uh, she didn't tell anybody about the fake cancer that she had, but she did lie and say that her brother had been um, like abusive toward her. But she gradually stole the story of another woman who was at the facility with her. And then they ended up getting married. It's like the yeah. most wild story ever. Meanwhile, she was working um, 
as a writer on this like massively successful show. And she sort of like lorded over the writer's room because she was sick. She always had something wrong with her and she always got all this attention. Um, Tian, you're like kind of nodding. Like, did you read this story? <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause I could, as, as a scam positive person, um, also loved the queer representation of this scammer. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> if you um, think, if you think that it's only cis, <laughs> Hetero white women. You could <laughs> yeah. be pieces of shit. No. Think again. Think, Think again. again. Think again. Representation okay. matters. And scams <laughs> transcend yes. race and yeah. color. And gender. Si se puede. Si se puede. This is what I'm trying to say. Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? I'm making heart hands. I'm so glad you felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? With that, I think... Well, first of all, the lies were crazy. They were like way, way too many lies. But I feel like the Grey's Anatomy's writer's room kind of were like, since their storylines are so outrageous. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, sure. They're like, you know what? Sure. If Meredith Grey also goes through things like this, someone in real life can also go through like multiple extreme traumatic tragedies too. I think they were just like... Wow. We're really good writers. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Art imitates life, imitates art, imitates life. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my big takeaways. And also it was just very, it's just very upsetting. It was, it's also seemed like a woman who was preying on someone else's tragedy, which that was the, the part two of that Vanity Fair article was the one that upset me the most because she, the woman that she ends up like falling in love with and getting married to is like a, a survivor. And, and and she takes on this story and takes her story in a very sad, it's just, it's just so upsetting. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, Alyssa, what did you, what did you make of that story? Did you ever, like, have you ever encountered somebody in life where you're like, do I believe that you've gone through all this stuff? Like something doesn't yeah. quite. Yeah. There was definitely a person sure. I knew who had everything wrong with her. Always like two kinds of cancer. Like, and, and the thing is though, this is how the scammers that do this kind of stuff, they prey on the fact that you would never want this to happen to you. So you're not going to doubt whether it's happening to them because like mm-hmm. you would hope if it happened to you that someone would believe you. But no, I definitely, I thinking about, I think scamming about medical stuff is in fact the worst. Like women yeah. go to the doctor, like we talked to, to Dr. Heather about this just like a week or two ago. That's like, it's so hard. The medical gaslighting is such a problem that if you're out there with these like fantastical stories and people are believing you and you're exploiting them, you're fucking it up for all the other women who go in and try to explain the problems that they're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's giving fodder for people who just think that people lie about this stuff all the time. Right. It's like exactly. You get, you get one. But I, it also sort of is like these people always just like shoot for the moon, you know, and scammers are loud. Scammers are loud. That's the other thing to remember yeah. is that they're, yeah. like you said, they're in a bid for attention. So they're, they're, they're the loudest one in the room. There might be a majority of people who aren't lying about their medical condition, but that scammer is going to make a point out of trumpeting their, you know, position in a way that is very, and they're all over social media. They're all over social media, you know? Yeah. Should I just start naming names? Just blow it, <laughs> blow it up. Blow it up on the Hysteria podcast today. 
Oh, man. I, I remember one time um, finding something out in retrospect. Like there was this person who had cancer and raised all this money and then they got better miraculously. And this is not anybody that any of you would know. This is just like a person that, that I knew of. They they had cancer, raised all this money. Their cancer was cured. Hooray. Like several years later, I was talking to someone that like we both knew this person. They're like, you know, they faked their cancer. We were <gasps> like, and it was like, but then by then it was like too late. And how are you going to prove that 10 years ago this person was faking See, but I know a similar story. I know, like, I, and it's probably not the same person. And there's a TV show about that right now on Showtime called Mm -hmm. I Love That For You, where Vanessa Bayer does that at the Home Shopping Network. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Well, spoiler alert. Guess we all know one then, huh? (laughs) No, no, it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. I didn't spoil anything for you. It's, it's, it's the central premise. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Oh, Okay. Well, I like to go and watching TV shows, not even knowing what they're about. <laughs> I don't even want to know that I'm so about sorry, to watch so sorry. TV. So I sorry. Like to, I like to be abducted and wake up and they pull a bag off my head and it's like, now you're watching TV. I don't even want to know I'm about to watch TV. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the, the scammer as zeitgeist, though, like the liar, I think— no, doesn't give me a feeling of like, man, fuck you. But the scammer, like a person, you know, taking people's money, um, you know, you see it a lot of like nonprofits. Mm-hmm. There'll be like a pet issue. Something will happen. And, um, you know, there'll be all these people raising money. I know that after George Floyd was killed, there were some like organizations that were trying to make it seem like they were doing work to uh, fight police violence and everyone didn't know what to Mm -hmm. do with themselves. And so they're like, I don't know who I give money to. And, you know, some people just kind of got taken and there are always people who are going to try to take advantage of like people's good intention. And it sucks that we have to be like watchdogs for our own good intentions and desire to do goodwill. But like, man, there's always going to be bad actors who are like, where are people the most desperate and willing to part with their money, you know? Yeah. And that that's like, that's been a kind of disturbing thing. Alyssa's nodding. Joel Osteen. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. It's like plagiarizing, plagiarizing from inspiration, plagiarizing Buddhist monks. What? Like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. You've built an empire off of wisdom and being enlightened by plagiarizing what yeah it's very Mm -hmm. ironic uh it's very ironic also people who um another another scammer that i find to be really i mean it's like it's like less common now but like this the person who like lies and says they were part of a tragedy that they weren't a part of yeah like Uh. like the not like someone who's remember that comedian who said he was like um in 9-11 but he wasn't at all. No. He wasn't like, he said he was like there and he, he just like wasn't there. I think this scammer who like it takes advantage of a tragic moment, like we had people who were setting up fake COVID test sites. Like how could you, mm. how could you think to do something like that at a time when people are like. But there's always going to be people. There's always going to be people who do that. That's why like trust, but trust, but verify. And I hate to be like, 
you know, oh, give give people the third degree when they come to you saying like, I need help. But it's like, trust but verify. Like uh, if someone says that, you know, they're, they're going to do, they're raising money to X and that's a thing that you care about, just make sure that it's like, you can trust them. Yeah. You know, you, you know you're, that your own feelings are good and they're coming from a good place and you want everyone else to be coming from a good place. But just because you're coming from a good place doesn't mean everyone else is, you know? There's a lot of, there are people, I think America is. Trust no one. Just to wrap up this. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's not that. But I think you should trust me. Trust no one. Then you get into like, it's. Scam positive. Tian Tran. Tian Tran is like, trust everyone. I want more scams. Scams. Scams are popping. Um, She's like, my credit card number is. <laughs> my credit card number? My social security number? <laughs> mother's mother's maiden name. Ugh, can we get rid of the phrase maiden name? Let's do, we'll do a whole episode on that. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what we're feeling petty about this week. Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, The Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. Before we get to I Feel Petty, just want to drop a quick plug for an emergency episode of Strict Scrutiny that dropped this week. Of course, they're talking about the Roe v. Wade draft decision that we all saw. Strict Scrutiny is an indispensable if you're interested in fuckery on the court, if you're interested in the law. They're great. New episodes drop every Monday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, but especially listen to this week's emergency episode. And welcome back. We've almost reached the end of this very challenging episode of Hysteria. It it was a challenge. It was a, it was challenge, a challenge for me to... It was a challenge. It was an emotional challenge. Uh, I hope it wasn't an emotional challenge for the people listening, but it might have been. I don't know. We did talk about cum. Um, <laughs> but before we get to the end of the show, let's talk about what we are feeling petty about this week. Alyssa, why don't you start us off? Guys, I have one, just one last thing to say as it relates to all the... SCOTUS row stuff is that within about, I don't know, an hour of the leak happening on Monday night, all of a sudden the Democratic firing squad starts. And it's like, this is Bernie's fault. This is Susan Sarandon's fault. This is Hillary's fault. This is everybody had someone to blame. And the truth is, 
If that's how we're going to respond to things, we deserve what we get. Because you know what the Republicans do? They coalesce. They coalesce. They come together and they ram all their terrible shit across the finish line. And we're just so fucking precious that we can't, like, guess what? You can be mad about 2016, but be mad about it in your heart. Don't take it to social media and be like, oh, no, this is so, it's not, it's actually not anyone's fault. Okay. We've seen this coming for a long time. People just weren't listening. Everyone was asleep at the wheel and not everybody, not our favorite organizations and grassroots people, but politicians by and large asleep at the wheel. And so I just can't listen. We're not going to win. We're not going to change things. We're not going to elect candidates who will not do this stuff. If we keep being like, it's the left's fault. It's the moderate's fault. I mean, honestly, it's a little bit more the moderates because they're more willing to compromise with the Republicans. But they didn't do anything. They did nothing. As a party, let's just come together. That's all I have to say. It really, I really was fucking bummed out. And I even tweeted something about it. And some of the responses were pretty fucking mean. And I'm just like, okay, you totally missed the point of my tweet. You could have just not said anything, but instead you wanted to pile on to whatever you originally thought. So good for you. Be right or win. What do you want to do? Um, that sort of reminds me of like the, the pushback or like, I think sometimes when people are feeling very powerless, what they try to do is feel powerful in whatever way they can. And one way they can feel powerful is by making somebody feel bad that they know will feel bad if they say something to them. So that's, I think, why sometimes like we attack our own during moments like this, because you know who doesn't give a shit? Amy Coney Barrett. She doesn't care. Doesn't she doesn't care. Shit. But like, you know, who does give a shit is somebody who maybe um stayed home and didn't vote for, you know, didn't vote in 2016. And now it's like, it's your fault. You know, it's, I mean, I, I, I think that you and I maybe differ a little on this, but I, but I also think that like using your energy to try to make other Democrats feel like shit right now is not the move. No, I agree with you. Yeah. What we need is action and not like finger pointing. Um, Yes, I agree. And yeah. Okay. Uh, Mine is stupid. Here's what I'm feeling petty about this week. And it's like a couple weeks late, but I really wanted to to uh, put this on the record. Coachella doesn't look fun. <laughs> Coachella <No>. does <laughs> not look fun. It just, it's like, it looks like taking a road trip, paying a ton of money to do what amounts to, unless you're like a mega celebrity, you are basically just going and having like a three-day photo shoot surrounded by other people who are also having photo shoots of themselves. Like, I wonder what would happen if, actually, I think this would be a really funny uh, April Fool's Day joke. Coachella, feel free to use this next year. On April Fool's Day, announced that Coachella will be a phone-free zone. You're not allowed, to, we will be locking all the phones. There will be jammers. <laughs> we just want you to be there to experience the music. There will be no posting. Coachella is just about artistic expression. It's not about creators or whatever. It just doesn't look fun. It just looks like a place to go and take pictures of yourself having experiences rather than having experiences. I mean, when I see Coachella, I'm just like, I am going to have a hard time going to the bathroom. That's all I think about when I see, when, when I, (laughs) just like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get to, when, how long do I have to wait to go to the bat? How long can, do I miss an artist that I like? Cause I have to go to, I just am always thinking about my access to a bathroom and it's going to ruin my (laughs) entire experience. Uh, no, it's going to, it's, that's another way that I'm going to think it doesn't look fun. I used to go to Lollapalooza in Chicago and that was like, 
all, it was like at the end of the point at which it was fun when I stopped going in 2009, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, it's not fun. No. Coachella doesn't, and you have to go so far. It's so yes. far. And you're like in traffic and you're staying in an Airbnb with eight other people. Yeah. And it's like, it just doesn't look fun. And I don't look good in neon. I'm sorry. I just, it doesn't, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't work for me. I, I, it's hard. I disagree. Hard disagree, Tian. Right. No, I don't. Okay. Thank you. You look great in neon. <laughs> oh, you, you look great in neon. I've seen the pics. Did, what was the bathroom situation at Lollapalooza, Aaron? Uh, there were a lot of bathrooms. They had walls. I also went. That's- they had wall- they had like rows and rows of porta potties. But I always was just always concerned. so many bathrooms. Always concerned. Yeah, I mean, you're having a sh- concert in Chicago. The amount of of salted meats people. Oh eat yeah, there, you got to have a lot of bathroom options um, for sure. And then you got to um, remove that neon unitard, the one piece yeah, of the porta potty. Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> oh man, um, Tian. What are you feeling petty about this week? <laughs> this one's very niche. Uh, my partner and I are watching Lord of the Rings. It's her first time watching it ever. And I haven't watched mm. it since like when it came out. Um, just trying to escape any sort of reality, I guess. Uh, watching a group of friends do something together seems fun. Uh, so my pet peeve about Lord of the Rings is that from the first movie to the second movie, the orcs all of a sudden can talk and have opinions and full conversations. Do you, does anyone realize this? Like in the first movie in the fellowship, the orcs can't say anything. They're just like, but in the second one, they're speaking Urukai. There's, aren't they speaking Urukai? There were no subtitles and they do it for Elvish. So think, think about that. But in the two towers, <laughs> this is just for me. This is what I feel petty just for me. But in two towers, the orcs are like, hey, I'm hungry. Why don't we get to eat food? We've been traveling forever. And they have like weird British accents. I, I just, it's, right. me, it's inconsistent for me. Right. I, don't, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that all of a sudden the orcs oh. have like personalities they can talk to each other that it's um it took me out of the world is is what is what i'm upset about is it possible that saruman provided them with an education and it should have been explained and then it should have been explained that that you want to do a whole like side story <laughs> Uh, maybe, a web, maybe a web, maybe a web episode. So you're saying that Saruman provided the orcs <laughs> with free college. With an education. <laughs> yes. I, they, we can show them like in high school, like there's sport. It's like Monsters University. Okay. I love you know, this. As like a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, let's write it. Okay. We'll talk, up, we'll talk about okay, it great. offline. It, we'll write it. Um Kieran, I understand that you are calling an audible, which means uh, in the world of sports and and petty that you're you're changing it up at the last minute. So you wanted to do a sanity corner this week, and I would love to hear what yours is. I will do a jam sanity corner, an ASMR jam sanity corner. I was gifted two kinds of jam by um, the esteemed Alyssa, um, a marmalade as we have previously discussed, and I have deeply forgotten, and uh, a Louisa Plum Yellow Peach Organic Raw Sugar Whoa. Lemon Jam. Did you yes. try that one? 
We're about to try it right now, Alyssa. That's oh, what we're doing. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. We'll we're talk closing. low. I, th and I slow. like I like this. this yeah, callback. I like this. This is a good callback. Okay. I don't know if you can hear that, huh? You look like Elizabeth Holmes trying to get blood into that machine. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel more like Anna Delvey. <laughs> I need more mouth noises, Karen. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. please, mm -hmm. fewer mouth noises. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm -hmm. mouth noises. Plum. Um, there, yeah, this has got a nice, this is more tart um, it because is, right? of the plum. It's sharp. Mm -hmm. It's sharp and tart. It would be the equivalent of a cheddar cheese, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, it's the ah, cheddar cheese of thrown jams. by this. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, it's it's like it's sweet and tart. Um, you know, sometimes when I eat a bubble tea, um, it's like, am I drinking? Am I eating? You know, I like love it, but I also feel slightly used. That's how this jam is making me feel. Slightly used. Wow. You don't have lipstick on today. You could be a jam okay. taster. Who am I? What is hmm. this? I love it, hmm. but also, am I eating you or are you eating me? Wow. You know? <laughs> Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're eating it's like when you're eating pineapple and it occurs to you that the tingle you feel in your mouth is the juices digesting your mouth. That's right. Because pineapple right. did not pineapple know that. is tenderizing. That's why it's used as a meat tenderizer. There's like it is literally like <laughs> dissolving the muscle fiber. Who's eating who? I get no, I know that. I just like never thought of my tongue as do meat. Too. And now Our I do. mouths are full Gross. of meat at all times. Human meat. You know what? Aaron, you're trying to normalize cannibalism again. <laughs> I read a tweet this week about how our our bones are wet, our skeletons are wet right now, and it, I haven't been able to stop thinking about Ew. it. I think I saw they that. They are, aren't yeah. they? Uh, all right, that's all. The, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Hysteria. Um, I feel like this laughter is not real laughter. It's sort of like it's a little unwell. Um, yeah, yeah, it's unwell. It is. It is <laughs> unwell. It is like, have you ever gone past like a construction site and there's a window that had paper on it, but like the paper is broken and there's just wind blowing mm -hmm. through the paper? That's kind of what's going on with me emotionally right now. Um, but anyway, Tian and Kieran, thank you so much for coming <laughs> by this week. Always love to have you. Uh, uh, Tian, good luck with your real estate thank career. You. Um, <laughs> Alyssa Mastromonico, thank you as always for being my ride or die. Um, if you want to get in touch, listeners, you can email us hysteria at crooked.com. Um, if you email us something mean and rude, we will make fun of it and forward it around to everybody. So just, you know, if you're going to be critical, be constructively so. Um, and uh, what else? They should rate us and review us if they like yeah, what they're rate hearing. Us. Come on. Tell your friends to listen. Um, it helps people find the show. And um, there will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet. This nation is our Janet. But these girls got a fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no furniture. Hysteria is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonico is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Nia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. 